0: Hello, you're listening to Recommendations, My Taco Spouse, or Otapususume. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. And in this episode, we're talking about more novels. More novels. Yay! Well, last time we talked about, well, not last time, but in a previous episode we talked about Project Hail Mary. We did. Which was technically a novel.
1: I don't even think you need the qualifier technically on that. I just forgot about it. I didn't forget about the book. I enjoyed the book. I'm getting off the subject.
0: (laughs) Wow. We're not even five seconds in and you're already getting off the subject.
1: It's a talent.
0: It is. You're very talented. Well, okay, I guess we're not actually talking about novels. We're talking about novellas.
1: True, because I haven't read the novel yet.
0: Correct. Which are baby novels. Yes. Which actually works pretty well. All things
1: considered. And then they'll grow up into one big novel.
0: Yay! Which reminds me of something else, but we'll get to that. So we're talking about Murderbot or the Murderbot Diaries series. Yes. The first four novellas are comprised of All Systems Red, Artificial Condition, Rogue Protocol, and Exit Strategy. Yes. 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 I know that because I just looked it up.
1: Those are the ones that I read. Yes. (laughs) And number five is waiting for me.
0: It is. Excellent. And number six is waiting for me. But I have been wanting Wes to read these books forever.
1: And You never mentioned it before.
0: Oh my god, I did. I definitely mentioned these to you. You're pulling my leg. I can see it in your smug little face.
1: <laughs> I I mean I usually take your recommendations, so if you had recommended something like this, you know, fun, action filled, sci fi, I probably would have jumped on that pretty quick.
0: No. No, you wouldn't have, because whenever I recommend a book to you, you always put it off for ages.
1: I, that doesn't sound like me at all.
0: Witches Abroad, I got for you for Christmas two years ago, and you still haven't finished it. i read that book. You didn't finish it. Did I not? No. Oh, well. The bookmark is still halfway through.
1: Well, that's poor showing on my part then.
0: (laughs) I got you The Hobbit. The bookmark is still halfway through that one too. I've
1: read The Hobbit.
0: Yeah, but not when you were rereading
1: it. And you got us The Hobbit.
0: I did get us The Hobbit.
1: You can't put all this blame on me.
0: This blame is on your house.
1: (laughs) My house is your house.
0: Exactly. Wait a minute. (laughs) I recommended this to you. And then I got your brother the first book for his birthday like years ago. And then when him and your mum were over to visit us, they were like, oh, yeah, Murderbot's great. Because I also recommended Murderbot to your mum, and she stormed through it.
1: That's I mean, that is what she does.
0: It is what she does.
1: If it's words on a page, she's read it.
0: Very true. But either way, I recommended it to both of them after recommending it to you, and they both read through it. And you're only reading it now because they were like, oh, yeah, Murderbot's great. And I was like, oh, I should really read Murderbot. And then I reread it and then finally managed to convince you to read it.
1: That's weird. So you recommended it to me years ago, but I didn't read it until someone else told me I should read it.
0: Yes, because you clearly forgot.
1: That doesn't sound familiar at all.
0: I'm actually not entirely sure what you're hinting at here.
1: How many times have you done that to me?
0: Told you to do something and you haven't and no, someone the, else is <laughs> the opposite. Hmm. <laughs> I don't remember this.
1: Hmm. Funny now that the shoe is on the other foot.
0: We live in a Japanese house, we're not allowed to wear shoes indoors.
1: Oh well that's been this episode of <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we should probably talk about what Murderbot is before talking about the books themselves.
1: Murderbot is a cyborg?
0: Mm, yeah, I guess that's technically kind of true. Kind
1: of, um... Robot, a robot with human with cloned human f- parts, yeah. And which exactly parts are human and which parts are cyborg is not entirely made clear. It I'm seems guessing to the be, brain, well, presumably the brain, yeah, and other bits
0: and other bits.
1: Because they talk about leaking quite a bit.
0: Yeah, but those could just be fluids.
1: No, I think I think all the euphemisms for fle- leaking are actually blood. Ah. I think whenever Murderbot says they're leaking, that's I mean, there's been at least one time in the four novel novellas I've read where someone goes, Oh my goodness, you're bleeding. That's true. And tries to patch him up with human regular
0: Yeah. Stuff
1: stuff. First aid, I suppose. Murderbot doesn't see itself as human.
0: No, Murderbot sees itself as a robot.
1: Well, Murderbot sees itself as Murderbot. Yeah. So I guess yeah, so Murderbot is a cyborg ish that is owned by a company and is rented out as a security unit to provide security for people going into dangerous situations so that because the company that owns it is an insurance company. So obviously the evil villains of the story mm-hmm. and when Not insurance company someone wants insurance and they think, oh my goodness, you're going into someplace way too dangerous. They agree only to insure their clients if they upcharge them and also send along security units, of which Murderbot is one. And our story starts with Murderbot on assignment. Helping a bunch of hippies investigate a planet.
0: <laughs> they're not a They're very nice people.
1: They, their entire planet is a commune.
0: Yeah. And they're hippies. They're clearly better off than everybody I'm else just saying in the corporate rim.
1: They're hippies.
0: <laughs> anyway, they're very nice hippies and murderbot so murder, one of the things murderbot it, it starts off pretty much explaining it right away is murderbot killed a bunch of people which is why it calls itself murderbot and then pretty much hacks into its u- unit that kind of punishes it for doing bad things
1: it's yeah its general controller
0: yeah so that it you know doesn't have its brain fried when it does something that the I mean it doesn't- it's insurance company overlords don't like yeah it doesn't
1: want to kill people no
0: no no it doesn't want
1: to kill it people. it wants to watch tv
0: yes that's honestly the best thing is that murderbot's like i want to watch tv but all these stupid humans keep getting in trouble because they're stupid Ugh.
1: yeah it's not they're exactly in trouble again. with humanity no, it's not. <laughs> so yeah so you- the four novellas that i've read and i'm presuming this carries on are all from the perspective of murderbot as it runs around having adventures
0: not that it wants adventures
1: you know, adventures find it.
0: Yes. And you'd think that's like, okay, generic sci-fi and stuff, but
1: it's really not. It's really not. It's really not. If anything, actually, so you mentioned the corporate uh, sphere, corporate, corporate rim. corporate rim. Mm-hmm. The world itself, I mean, I'm about to describe two sci-fi things, so I'm only hurting my own case here. <laughs> but the world itself really reminded me of I guess the universe in this case, is very cyberpunky. Yeah. In that- at Everything's least, run at least by within, corporations. Well, at least within corporate rim. Yeah. And these corporations have no qualms doing whatever it takes to get ahead.
0: Nope.
1: Hence the reason why they're renting out murder bots
0: well, to uh, they're, insure they're,
1: insurance.
0: They're renting clients. out security units, which actually one of the things I love, they're renting out security units, which spies on their clients- And then they data mine what they pick up from the clients. And it's like, wow, that's just like one day internet. It's true. But
1: but (laughs) they mentioned about how everyone's doing that. Yeah. Like actually, it was one of the bits I really liked in the fourth book when they're at a hotel. And (laughs) it's they specifically advertise that the room you're renting isn't bugged. The hotel does. Yeah. With the fine print being okay, yeah, the room's not bugged, but all the hallways and lobbies and every other public space is. Yes. <laughs> so like the unwritten rule. Yeah. So there, there's a lot like that, but yeah, it really reminds me of specifically. I was getting major, and this is probably again leading into the more sci-fi bits. I was getting strong infinity vibes. The miniature war game.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I had some massive infinity vibes from this because you have like the different corporations and spheres of influence and they're all fighting with each other but not really in public yeah um and then also, you know also a lot of kind of like the shadow run stuff like that with the corporations controlling things money being the order of the day but
0: <laughs> you walk into a into an area and the are adverts everywhere and you have to pay to get rid of them <laughs> yeah yeah
1: or like when Murderbot winds up on an abandoned station or practically abandoned station and they accidentally trip over an old motion-activated ad that alerts people that they're trying to tail. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Just things like that. But to lead into that, I think one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much is because you have this world setting, but then because of things like that or because of how things play out, it really reminded me of like a fun RPG adventure. Yeah. Like if you had four murder bots and those were your PCs or they don't even have to be murder bots. They could be murder bot could be one of the classes or whatever. You could run this as an RPG adventure. Super easy.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Just the way the world's set up, the way each book is set up in that you have just enough world building that everyone knows what's going on. And then some really fun, quick action scenes to kind of tie different bits together Mm -hmm. and, You've got the down moments where people are doing more of the talking and mm-hmm. the face stuff. And then, of course, because everything always goes pear-shaped, you're right back in another action scene. Yeah, It really... I mean, they're novellas, so you don't have a lot of room.
0: No, and yeah. And the
1: author did a good job at making use of the room they had in keeping... Nothing ever feels like it's just resting on its heels. Yeah. The story keeps moving.
0: I mean, every novel novella is about 160, 170-ish pages. And so it's it's a really quick read, but it doesn't feel like a short book. It feels like a just very tight. I yeah. guess is a good way to put it. Yeah, the
1: author fades to black when they need st- when they need to, so they're not wasting time. Like, I mean, it's it's those bits. It's not to get off topic again, but one of the <laughs> things that I really really disliked about the Star Wars sequels that came out was I felt like it made the whole universe feel really small.
0: By trying to do too much and go to too many places, maybe.
1: But it was just. It was also just.
0: There was no depth to it. No, it was just
1: everything felt close. Hmm. Everything just felt close, like you're supposed to have this huge, expansive universe.
0: (laughs) Kind of like the issue that we had with Ring of No uh, the the Time One.
1: Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time, yeah, that I was, was like, garbage.
0: Ring of Fire, that's not that right. One, ring, but, you know, ring of Time. That one
1: also just, I, that had so many issues. But no, but- But no, like, I mean, like, like when they managed one in-
0: to go, like, a really far distance in a single episode.
1: Yeah, but it was also just, like, especially in, like, Star Wars, there's a thing in the first one when Starkiller fires some, like, branching laser that travels from planet to planet. And I think they even say it goes through a warp hole or something. But then when you see the people who are about to get blown up, they're like looking into the sky and watching another planet. Get blown. I don't know. It just everything felt small and close. And what I really like about this is that even though the author isn't spending a lot of time, build a crystal, you know, there's no, you don't open the book and have a map showing that this is the yeah. corporate rim sphere of influence. Everything happens in a very, this is protection very small or protection or whatever, preservation, that was it. Mm-hmm. And, but you still get those bits where, it talks about when Murderbot is traveling from here to there or how information is traveling from here to there. It talks about how you have to get on certain ships that go into different almost shipping lanes to travel through warp gates to get from place to place. And there is time that's spent. They use uh, the word cycles as I essentially figure that to be a day because when
0: yeah. you're traveling
1: through space or whatever, you don't have a day. And so they kind of created this. There was actually That was actually one of my favorite bits in book two. No, book 3, in book 3.
0: I, yeah, in book three. book 3
1: he gets uh or in book 3 Murderbot it starts the book with Murderbot on a ship traveling to somewhere else and Murderbot is pretending to be human at the time. And there's a bunch of other people on the ship who are traveling off to be f- farmers on an undiscovered world that's just been yeah, well, th- not undiscovered. terraformed. I think they may been, have like been
0: miners, farmers or miners or something oh, like I that.
1: It was like a brand new terraformed world and they were going to settle it. they were going to be settlers on this new world or something yeah. like that. But Murderbot is posing as a human and as a security consultant. And so the ship that they're traveling on is like, oh, we got a security consultant on site and keeps pinging Murderbot every time uh, our settlers get to a fistfight. Yeah. <laughs> and Murderbot is sick of it and just <laughs> utterly put out. But they finally realize what's going on with these people. And they're like, wait, you're practically indentured servants. You've sold yourself into slavery. How long is this contract for? And they're like, well, 10 years. Like, well, yeah. I
0: think there were like 20, 20 cycles or, tw- no, they they or 20 years. they say
1: years because they, okay. this part made me laugh is they say like 10 years or maybe it was 20 years. I don't remember. But Murderbot's instantly going like, whose years? The planet you're going to? The company you sold yourself to? The, com- the, or the company, the planet that you're originally from? What definition of years are you using? And I'm like, we don't know. And Murderbot coming from the corporate rim where everything's run by companies that are trying to screw you is instantly going, you're never getting out of this contract Less I have to do with you, folks, the better.
0: <laughs> it does, but it also feels really, really bad for them. It's like I want to help you, but you're so dumb. I can't. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and you really, you actually feel for it. Like, but, but oh. that was
1: that was one of the things I found really interesting. Is that would be an issue? It would. Yeah. In this interstellar travel, is how long is a day? How long is a year? All those types of things are going to change so drastically depending on what planet you're on that I really like that they kind of created a system to get around that, but they're still using the old system to screw people. Mm. It it helps build, you know, you're not sitting there and describing, okay, here's, you know, the different climate zones of this planet and here's this and here's that. And here's how this whole governmental structure works. And they don't, they don't, the author isn't wasting time Mm. doing all of that. They're describing what they need to get there, but they're still putting in so many little bits of world building, universe building that, It feels expansive.
0: I think in a way, um, so the author is Martha Wells and she kind of scatters. Yeah. Like you said, she's kind of scatters world building in a single sentence, but she normally makes reference to things that are so familiar. You don't really have to struggle to think about what it is. Or if there is something like alien, she won't actually describe it. She'll just say something like it has too many teeth for its mouth. And, you have no idea like how kind of exactly what it looks like, but you, you get a image in your head pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. We, and that's, that's, I think feeding into it is that they've done a great job at trimming the fat. Yeah. Which I think more books.
0: Slash- Need to do. Yes. Need to do. Come on guys. Yes. Read the 10% solution. It's a great like, book.
1: <laughs> and I mean, you know, when I was a kid and I'm reading red Wool and, Brian Jacques of Redwall would go off and off and off and describe all the food. And that can be fun sometimes if you're doing that. But the way Murderbot plays out is it comes off more like the old, what do they call them? Not Penny Dreadful, but like a dime store novel. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know, the original James Bonds. you go and you find the original James Bond books and they're all short novellas because you don't need more than that for this type of story. And in saying that, the author, Martha Wells, does a great job at kind of maintaining threads while telling individual stories. Mm-hmm. Like each James yeah. Bond movie is its own movie, but James Bond and M and Moneypenny and Q run through it. And it's kind of a binding force. And then there's little bits in there, like you had the whole bit in the movies. Well, it came back in the modern movies, so this will makes sense to people. With Blofeld, where you kind of have a reoccurring villain, but each movie still stands alone. Not so much with the modern movies. They got away from that, which is a shame. And so for the first four novellas of Murderbot, I feel each one stands alone and works really well as a story. But at the same time, I think that if you take the first four novellas, it makes a really good entire season Mm -hmm. of Murderbot.
0: Yeah. Actually, when they released Murderbot in Japanese, they released the first two novellas together and the second two novellas together. Oh. So so they kind of do that.
1: Makes sense. (laughs) It's kind of backwards because we always talk about how it's interesting that when giant chunker western books come to japan they break them into individual bits <laughs> you yeah. know this one like well that's too short to sell and so they mix them together yeah
0: uh that's actually that's actually really annoyed me the japanese novellas gender murderbot and art and i'm really annoyed by it and and it's interesting slash annoying because whenever you talk to somebody they always again because there isn't really much description you murderbot All you know about Murderbot is they have no, you know, human sex parts because
1: They weren't meant to be a sex unit? Yeah. Uh, Pleasure unit? Pleasure unit. No. No. Sex unit. Sex bot. (laughs) Sex bot. Sex bot is what Murderbot calls them. Companion unit. Companion unit, that's what they were called. Um, Murderbot calls them sex bots.
0: Yeah. And it has, all you know is that it has short hair and originally had no... No, no, the hair got grown out. The hair got grown out, yeah. They had short hair, and then it grew out, but you don't know how long. So you kind of have built your own mental image. And whenever you talk to somebody, they always kind of describe it as being slightly different. But the Japanese novella made them have blonde hair and look like a guy. And I'm really annoyed by that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was the image that that artist had. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing saying it's not blonde hair.
0: There isn't. No. <laughs> I don't, I guess my, my mental image is like a cross between Trinity and um, Gabriel from Constantine. So like super gender neutral.
1: Oh, like Tilda Swinton Gabriel yeah. from the movie. Okay, Yeah, from the
0: movie. Sorry. <laughs> Slash. Yeah. It's really hard to describe. But I mean, everybody's is different because Martha Wells doesn't put any description in. Which means that as soon as like an adaptation comes out, I'm going to be really annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone will be annoyed because everybody's mental image is going to be different.
1: I don't paint images in my head as much when I'm reading. I have more shapes, I guess, that show up, like for action.
0: So Motobot looks like a giant block of tofu?
1: No. No, not like that. (laughs) I'm joking. I see action, but I don't see the people doing the action, if that makes sense.
0: I guess no, because I,
1: that's not how I, your brain works. That's not how my brain yeah, works. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I could come up with an image for Murderbot right now, like if put on the spot, but it wouldn't have been what was in my head when I was reading it.
0: Yeah. Sorry for planting the images. Nah, Trinity. Good.
1: <laughs> it's all good. I think one of the things that I really liked about Murderbot and that actually stuck with me quite a bit when I was going through it is Murderbot. I, we've already discussed doesn't really care for humans. Things are pretty dumb. And really wants to be left alone to watch his serials. And to that effect, Murderbot really just wants to sit and wear a helmet. Because if you're wearing a helmet, you've got that layer of separation from anyone. And so Mm -hmm. then you don't have to make eye contact. You don't really have to worry about what. It's kind of Murderbot would be really cool with the COVID epidemic because they get to wear a mask and be able to stick their tongue out of people without them knowing. Like there was all those stories coming around where masks started coming off. At least this was coming out of the States when masks were coming off in the States where people were like, oh shoot, I've got to actually be careful about how I facial react to what people are saying to me now because I'm not wearing a mask anymore. And Murderbot does some of the same thing all the time. And it makes me laugh because they're sitting there and they're like, oh no, I've reacted too much to that. I can see it on their face.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it like, can't control its face facial expression. Yeah, yeah.
1: and so it, it like will swap between its own eyes and the security cameras in the room to be like, I need to see my own face. What am I doing right now? Yeah. Oh no, not natural, not natural. <laughs> fix it, fix it, fix it.
0: I think I think that's another reason why so many people love Murderbot is because it's so relatable, and I think one reason for that is is like you said. I on I, I think Murderbot is honestly the perfect depiction of autism in a character because of the whole i don't know how to interact with other people i need to learn it from watching media and then use that information to mask to make myself seem human so i don't stand out and people don't think i'm weird yeah it's so good
1: it's pretty fun did you ever play knights of the old republic no there is a droid in that called hk47 and it's
0: wait HK-47?
1: I'm pretty sure that's the one.
0: Is it a idol group from Fukuoka?
1: No, no. That would be either 48 or 46.
0: Okay, All right. <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> um, but it's not – I don't want to give people the wrong impression. HK-47 is not Murderbot. Murderbot is not HK-47. But I think just some of the ways in which it's – internally, Murderbot could be HK-47 because it's got a very – just. Sarcastic, dismissive attitude attitude towards humans because humans are just dumb. Yeah, HK forty seven is also a murder bot. <laughs> I don't remember if that's what it calls itself. I don't remember, but I it just hit me.
0: I guess one thing also about murder bot is is I did mention this earlier as well is that yeah, it it thinks humans are dumb, but it also really wants to help them.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of like us when we see a dog,
0: like oh you're so stupid, don't run into the road.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, oh no, that's in the next book.
1: Ah, no, don't tell me then. I'm not going to say. Ah, good.
0: It's good. Oh, okay. So, one question I wanted to ask is which is your favorite? book? Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to just say two. Because I really like the interplay between Murderbot and art.
0: Hmm.
1: Because they're both dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're both smart.
1: Uh, but I, I, sh- I'm tempted to say two, but I really... <laughs> I really enjoyed parts of three as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, and parts of four. Uh oh, no. parts of four.
1: But I, so, you so, can't,
0: I can't decide. So... Every single time I think, oh, no, it's this one, I think, oh, wait, no, but this one.
1: But so I was talking about how Murderbot, the way the story plays out, reminds, not the character, but the story, it reminds me a lot of, like, Infinity or mm-hmm. Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. And... The part that instantly made me go, "I want to go! I want to go play tabletop games." Was in number three when Murderbot hacks a, someone else's power armor to freeze him in place oh, yeah. to resolve a situation. Oh, and I've so done that good. in Infinity. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like
1: it was weird though because I, honestly, one of the things that I'm kind of sometimes get a little bit eye rolly about when reading them, but it's a very short eye roll because they're very short books, and I still have book to read. Is the hacking? It feels like there's a, you know, we were talking about how physics is the magic in The Martian. Well, hacking is the magic in Murderbot, where you, if you mean need something to happen. Project Hail Mary. Pay, yes, you're absolutely right. Project Hail Mary. Same author, but wrong book. And there are times when it just is like, well, something needs to happen, so Murderbot hacks it. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, why does why does Murderbot have all these hacking abilities?
0: Because it's a security bot and it picks things up.
1: But how?
0: By watching people hack, th- I don't know.
1: I don't know. It feels weird. Magic. <laughs> it feels weird to me that you would let your security bots learn hacking. I mean, on some oh, level, but no, because but, be, well, because I guess the but it, the the governor unit would have stopped it from learning hacking because if you teach it hacking, it will hack itself. Yeah. Which is what happened. So, but I, but then but then but I guess it data mines, so it like, gets
0: hold of data.
1: I suppose, but then when you get things like. uh, The bit with the power armor and things like that, when it's realizing, okay, humans are, you know, it already knows humans are dumb humans or whatever. And you can realize how then that would actually be beneficial to its job because of how they talk about it. And that was what was interesting in that it flat out, you know, it's coming out and flat out saying, okay, you know, I, I have essentially just data bursts that I can send that the company has data mined from other companies that has generic shutdown codes or override codes for most of our opponent company's tech. Yeah, Because that way we can get the jump on our opponent's tech by being able to shut it down remotely. And so when you start to feed that into this whole image of the corporate run sphere, because I don't think you get that as much until book three, you get some of it with the company that Murderbot own actually you get it with uh, I guess book two I don't know it's all over the place all the books have a lot of stuff and them going on a lot
0: but they don't at the same but time they don't
1: but but you get this whole world build where so long as you just assume that everything that is in Murderbot is designed for the action of corporate espionage it makes sense yeah yeah and you get that because they're sitting there and Murderbot's like okay yeah so i I've got access because everything's got some sort of radio in it because that's how everyone's communicating to each other and everything, you know, they're getting all your web from or all your info from the web. Every time you land in a new station, you're instantly downloading because you couldn't get anything when you were in warp travel. And so it makes sense then that you would take your corporate espionage robots, be they sex bots or murder bots, and they just put in these things with them to fuck with their rival company's gear. I don't know. The whole world is just dystopian as all hell. Like really entertaining.
0: <laughs> well, interestingly enough is that Mother Wells doesn't describe anything that you've just said. I mean... She
1: sprinkles a little bit yeah, here and there. Yeah, you they, they add little bits yeah, in different sentences.
0: And you've put A and B together, which must equal C, right? Because that's what would make sense. And I think that's another thing that works so well in the series is...
1: I mean, some of that, like, they do talk about how... Uh, when they're being chased by a company, the company has to uh, gets held up at a security checkpoint until the bribes can clear so they can run <laughs> yeah. their own combat bot into an unsecured <laughs> zone that's run by another corporation. So that's all described.
0: Yes, that's and is that described. part really made
1: me laugh again because I'm going, yeah, that's something you'd do in Shadowrun to fuck with your players. <laughs> or, you know, uh, the bit when they're like trying to have a hostage negotiation at a hotel. And everyone who keeps showing up to the meeting pauses and goes, oh, my God, I have to pay for net access at a hotel, which you have to do at (laughs) hotels anyway, (laughs) because hotels suck. Well, at least expensive ones do. If if you go to a cheap hotel or you go to an expensive hotel, you have to pay for web access. And if you go to a mid-range hotel, they just give it to you because they're not going to take you over like that. So the fact that everyone keeps showing up to this hostage exchange, gets off their little skimmer and goes, oh, okay, yeah. Clear the payment. I need I need web access.
0: I need. They need web access and they need to get rid of all the ads.
1: I don't think there was ads in the hotel. I,
0: I thought there was a the I think lobby. that was just the
1: one where they show up and they're like, ah, oh, okay, yes, we need web access so that we can still contact our corporate headquarters yeah. so that we can <laughs> continue the hostage exchange. So they came to a hostage exchange without paying the hotel for what. Web- I, I found that hilarious.
0: So was there anything that you didn't really like about the book? Well, as I
1: said, the hacking a little bit. I felt that...
0: But it sounds like you managed to convince yourself to like it again.
1: Mm, a bit. I do. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> the
0: one thing I disliked, I actually do like because
1: <laughs> it is. I also I don't think Murderbot was using it as much in the later novels, novellas or when they were. It made more sense to me. Hmm. I don't know. What?
0: Oh, what gonna is there look...
1: anything else I didn't like?
0: Oh, you're going to love book five. Oh,
1: I don't like the names.
0: The names? I don't like the names. I like, I the like names. Murderbot.
1: Well, the names are honestly the names sound like the Western equivalent of Kitakita names, where someone has tried to come up with something that doesn't sound too modern day human, but it could still feasibly be a name. I, don't know, and I, I think. It. I
0: think. Oh, okay. So maybe in book two, yeah. But I feel like well, most of the other characters just have very diverse names.
1: Like, I, don't, I feel like some of them. Uh, not all of the names, but some of the names I definitely get to the point where I'm going mentally, I'm not recognizing this name. It's far enough out there that I'm, I i couldn't tell you half the characters that Murderbots encountered because the name didn't stick with me. Now, if they showed up again in a later novel, I would recognize them because mm-hmm. like I mentally got a block as in this is a character's name stuck in there. But if you asked me what the name was now, I don't know. But if I saw it again, I'd be like, I know that character. And there's some characters whose names I do recognize like Mensa, because Mensa's a main character. But the rest of Mensa's team, when they showed back up again, I instantly knew who they were. But if you'd asked me before they showed back up again to name them, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
0: What was the name of the main character in uh, Project Hail Mary? Grace. Really?
1: Yeah. Dr. Grace.
0: What's his first name?
1: starts with an R. I want to say it was like Riley, but it's not Riley.
0: Yeah. So I'm bad at na- with names anyway. So I just forget everybody's <laughs> names either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: I just... <laughs> and
0: yeah, it is, I also think it's harder when, again, you only have a book that's 170-odd pages because you don't have time to really build a relationship with the characters. Like Normally, it's like, okay, you have five seconds with these characters and something's happened and now everyone's running around and there's shooting.
1: You say that, but I felt really bad for Mickey.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I really like art.
0: Yeah, okay, so we remember all the robots' names.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, we remember the important characters. <laughs> and I, I also, they, none of them have names, but I do just love the fact that most of the transport bots that run the interstellar haulers, they can't talk or anything because there's no reason for them to be able to. All they have to do is run the ship. And But despite that, Murderbot keeps bartering their way on board by being like... You, you want access to my pirated TV shows? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Hop on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess because, I mean, in in this world, robots are made for humans, and therefore they're programmed to want to serve humans. And so, in a way, they kind of build a personality. Like, all of the ships, all of the ship bots are like, oh, yeah, I want to get my passengers from A to B. This is my job. I love it. This is great kind of attitude, whether they're... You know, incredibly intelligent or very, very basic intelligence. Yeah. So was, yeah. in a way, they kind of become characters of, in and of themselves.
1: I was never really sure. Like, I know about murder I know about sex bots, that they are the cyborg types. But I was never quite sure about the ship bots. Uh, like, if, if they're just robots or if they're also cyborgs. I think they're just robots. Because playing too much Warhammer 40,000 since I was a child.
0: <laughs> you think there's like a human like strapped in there somewhere?
1: A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess part of that comes into what you were saying and that because only certain details are given, you fill in the rest. Yeah. And so, yeah, if I were to sit there, cause one of the images that did pop into my head for Murderbot when they're in their armor was a Warhammer 40k thing. But that one's got a screaming skull behind the face back not a face. So,
0: <laughs> like,
1: so slightly different. Slightly so you're different.
0: just picturing like a oh god damn it, what are they called? Uh, for some, no, my brain went stormtrooper. I'm like, no, no brain. That's the wrong franchise.
1: No, not a space marine. Space marines are different.
0: Okay, space marines are different from.
1: I can't remember the name of what I'm doing because I never played AdMech. But there is a weird. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah, I don't know. But I have, I have an image <laughs> of this robot that was human and no longer is, if that makes sense. And so sometimes when I think about the robot ships, I'm going, I wonder if there are still some form of human component tucked away in there. <laughs> and you get, you get me so now, not now I'm, a thought, So
0: now I'm just picturing Murderbot as a space marine and Art as one of those big, like, colossal... Like Catholic church looking <laughs> ships <laughs> with the skulls
1: I don't see why not little servo skulls running around
0: all over the place those in the drones that I keep taking over
1: <laughs> and when they're sitting there going yeah I've only got micro uh, drones right now it's a bunch of little rascals
0: <laughs> no you're ruining me.
1: I don't know you seem to be enjoying it <laughs> No, but because uh, it is how you how you fill things in on your own. I mean, sorry, sorry. liquid for the liquid God. Oh, gross. <laughs> Leaking.
0: Sorry, carry on. Uh, Profits
1: for his gold throne.
0: <laughs> sorry, what were you going to say? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it was but,
1: Yeah, so you do kind of get those images. And I'm assuming that there's not human components tucked away in somewhere, but there could be. The option. I guess that's the other thing is that by not filling in every detail, it leaves the author freedom to fill in those details as necessary later. Yeah. Because I remember when you and I were watching Demon Slayer, Ugh. episode two, episode three. I don't episode maybe multiple. I don't remember. There's this whole bit right at the very beginning of the show where they put in a time skip, but then go out of their way to tell oh, you what happens oh during God. the time skip, yeah. the training arc, right? That and wasn't there,
0: even an arc. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. it no, That anyway, was stupid.
1: And it just, I, I I had a lot of issues with the pacing in that show anyway, but it felt really weird in that.
0: Why would you skip it if you're just then just going to go back and.
1: Why would you take the time to put all this into an episode if you're just going to skip it and it's going to have no purpose? Yeah. I, it felt weird to me. It felt like you could have just, it felt like you're filling holes that you could have used narratively later. Yeah. If that makes sense. it didn't need to be there. And so in this, I feel like the author is leaving holes when it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're not sitting there going like, well, this is a hole. I need to know this. Well, blah, 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 blah. But then if the author wants to fill it later, they can. Like in book one, they talk about the company, which still doesn't have a name. You don't know who Murderbot used to work for or used to be owned by. I guess Murderbot was not an employee. But you do know Greycrest, which was the rival company, which has been just – fucking everything up and then you find out they're also working with another company kind of that they have been hired to provide more military support for something else and so you know that corporations are running the corporate rim but you don't know the power structure because you don't need to for the story being told mm-hmm. and as you need to know more about which corporations are doing what it gets filled in and it works it works really really yeah, well
0: works really well i think one thing is because these novellas are character-driven they're not story-driven story happens but it's but the characters are the most important thing
1: yeah i'm enjoying the story though yes i'm enjoying the story quite a lot you asked what i didn't like about it i remembered something i didn't like about it for some reason book two and book three on my kindle didn't have page numbers, it had location numbers.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's not a fault with the book. That's a fault with the Kindle. I'm
1: just saying, book one and book four had page numbers, and I'm used to page numbers, even if it's not a real book with actual pages. You
0: need to read more books on the Kindle, because it does that all the time.
1: Well, I don't like it, and it should be consistent.
0: It should be, yeah. But it's not, and you can complain to Kindle about it. I'm
1: just saying. Speaking of... You asked for things I didn't like.
0: (laughs) The one thing you don't like about it is the corporate overlord, who is actually... In our world and controlling our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazon, get your shit together. (laughs) But yes, I love my little asexual, gender neutral, autistic murderbot.
1: That was a great scene. When, in the first book, when the humans realize that murderbot might not be as under control of the corporation that has did oh, yes. Murderbot to them. Oh wait,
0: is this going to be a sport Like,
1: I mean, we've said other things that are spiders. no, no, no.
0: I think we've managed to dodge around a lot of the main stuff of the book. Okay,
1: when Murderbot reveals its name to someone else is an amazing scene, and if nothing else, at least read the first volume so you can see, get that one.
0: Yes, because honestly, when that happens, it does make you laugh.
1: It's fantastic. Scene. I actually laughed quite a bit reading these books. Yes. The action scenes are great page dinners that you don't want to sit down because they're fantastic. The Yeah, Wes finished the
0: first book in two hours.
1: I do that a lot. The dialogue, most of which is Murderbot internal, is smart and sarcastic, but it never really comes off as quippy. You I, know, think, I think one of the big issues that people have a lot with like the modern Marvel movies is that everything is just quippy. Everything seems too polished and like, nobody actually talks that way.
0: I think because Murderbot is anxiety-ridden and basically has imposter syndrome. Yeah it makes it very relatable
1: yeah and so murderbot is kind of sitting there snarking to itself it (laughs) feels very relatable like you were just saying it's just and there's times when murderbot gets flustered because that happens and it's okay for your action hero who doesn't want to be an action hero to not always have to be johnny one-liner so yeah thoroughly entertaining
0: if you haven't read Murderbot, go read it. Like, I actually was talking to another friend at the weekend who I had recommended Murderbot to, and then he recommended it, hi Gabe, to his girlfriend who then went off and read it recently. <laughs> Literally, I think if if you are not a book reader, you would like these books.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that.
0: And if you are a book reader, you'll also like these books.
1: Yeah, I could see that too.
0: Like Everybody likes these books.
1: Because they're fun.
0: Because they're fun. I think I... If I have, no, I, yeah, I recommend them to my sisters. My sister read the first one recently, and I'll probably actually get them for my parents because I bet my mom would really like it.
1: I mean, despite me describing them as cyberpunk at the beginning, I don't think you're going to have some massive philosophical awakening oh. about the human condition reading these. Well, but actually, I... you might be
0: like, oh, wow, I am also an anxiety-ridden.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all monkeys with the anxiety.
0: <laughs> we are monkeys that's with what, anxiety. That's what makes us human.
1: So... Or a murderbot. I don't think they're a monkey.
0: No, but I'm saying we're murderbots.
1: Oh, not that you can prove.
0: (laughs) I can't find the body. It's fine. (laughs) So, on that note, (laughs) uh, yeah, this has been Recommendations My Tucker Spouse. I was Jen. I was Wesley. And you can find us on our website at anniebrewscreative.com.
1: Yes. Uh, Underneath this episode, you can leave us any messages with your own thoughts about Murderbot. We'll try to make sure we respond to them Mm -hmm. promptly. Eventually. Sarcastically.
0: Anxiety-riddenly.
1: Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's on theme.
0: (laughs) Bye. Bye.